Hi everyone, Sam Stern welcoming you to the inaugural episode of the CX Patterns Podcast. I am a member of LinkedIn's customer experience team and I've spent the last 20 years working in the customer experience space. This podcast is my attempt to distill what I've learned in that time. Later in the show, I will be talking to my friend and former colleague Ryan Hart, who is now the Chief Experience Officer at Pacific Life. Ryan is someone who has thought a lot about today's topic, how to build anticipation for a great experience. Why is this important? You may be familiar with the oft-repeated advice to set expectations low enough that you can exceed them. And there's wisdom behind this, the concept of hedonic adaptation or the hedonic treadmill, that humans constantly adapt to circumstances. So the, the thinking goes that if I got a free drink the last time, but don't this time, even if everything else goes well with my meal, I will be disappointed. And in the form of expectations, if I'm expecting a free drink and don't get one, I'm disappointed. And even if I do get a free drink, if I was expecting it, then it's not as exciting because it merely meets my expectations rather than exceeding them. That sounds right, but it isn't. It's wrong. How can that be? That's what I wanted to talk with my friend Ryan about. So, why is anticipation, or why is building anticipation for a moment or an interaction or the experience itself, why is that important? You're facilitating them to do what they want to do already, which is envisioning themselves happy, successful, meeting whatever emotional goals they have in the future using your product or service. I think that's a really nice space between technology and experience that is kind of a white space. Yeah, that's a great point, that the more you help them have a richer future imagination of what, what it would be like, right? Now you're, you're making it a better prediction, better imagination experience, and you've put yourself in. So the image of the future includes your company's products and services. So when it comes to anticipatory design, why do you think more companies haven't implemented this? I feel that so much of customer experience is this unsexy, foundational, blocking and tackling type readiness that you need to cultivate in an organization before you can even get to that level of maturity where we've defined differentiation in the market, but we want to sustain the differentiation. I think once you reach that level, it's it's very difficult to have the mind share or the bandwidth to incorporate a higher level thinking about customer experience. I can say that, you know, DBS, which is Development Bank of Singapore, is probably one of the only companies that I've actually seen that was able to really think about creating signature moments that anticipate customers' behaviors and how best to align with those. They're always rated as one of the most innovative banks. They were generally thinking about, okay, what's the next level of customer experience that can push us to become even more differentiated? So what was it that DBS was doing that allowed them to create that high-level anticipatory design. Is there an example that stands out to you of a of one of those really heightened moments that they created? Um, yeah, it's been it's been a few years now. They talked with their customers and they realized that sometimes people just walk around Singapore and they look at properties and they think, you know, I wonder what a property like that might cost. What would it take to finance a uh, a place like that? And so they used augmented reality on their mobile app to actually hold up and look at properties and, and it would give you details about what that property might cost and, and how you might be able to finance that. That's a great use of, of, 
of that augmented reality layer and, and of digital. You've, you've really hit on what are, are such important points about anticipation that humans are living in the future. And as you said before, most companies aren't doing this. And what I would say is if you're listening to this and thinking, yeah, our company's not doing this either, well, that's the opportunity. This would be differentiating for your experience because most companies do not pay attention to this phase of the experience. They don't consider it part of the experience. Yep. Correct, Sam. And if you go back to my example about talking about, let's say, augmented reality, thinking about help the customer envision their future, right? So thinking about a car, what's it, what would be a really compelling digital experience that could allow them to see themselves driving in that car or the kind of life that they would lead once they buy this new pair of tennis shoes? And it changes your experience vision. It can create, you know, it just you feel like you're you're more of a purpose-driven organization as opposed to just fulfilling a need in the market, which could easily be commoditized. No, that's a great point. It, it up-levels the purpose of your organization. I think that's a really great way to, to frame it. There's a wonderful book called How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Feldman Barrett that gets into a lot of the, the science and the studies how our brains are devoting this much energy and attention to anticipating and predicting how we as humans will feel in the future. Ryan was alluding to that and, and I know has internalized that research and knows it well, but I wanted to just spell that out for our listeners because I think it's a profound mindset shift if you think about how much time you have with them in the anticipation space before the actual experience. Right. I, I actually studied neurobiology at University of Colorado, so my life has come full circle. Hey, you're one of those few people applying your degree to your actual work. So as Ryan highlighted, calling back to his neurobiology studies, humans are always anticipating how they will feel about future experiences. It's why we look forward to the dinner reservation in a few days' time, or anticipate with dread the party we're attending where we won't know anyone. We're predicting that the meal will be good and we'll enjoy ourselves. We're anticipating that the party will be socially awkward and make us feel uncomfortable. And so that's why it's so important to set expectations and to build anticipation for a great experience. Humans, your customers, they spend so much time, so much mental energy in the future that the more you help them have a great anticipatory experience, the better you're meeting them where they are living in the future. And it's true that surprise moments make for great experiences. But it's better if the customer is anticipating some aspects of the experience even as they aren't sure exactly what form the entire experience will take. So think about it this way. A lot of familiarity because they were anticipating it with a few surprises, not all one big surprise. And so setting their expectations for what the experience will be reassures them and it primes them to notice any surprise elements you sprinkle in. So how do you balance between setting expectations that build anticipation for a great experience while also leaving some white space that a surprise, memorable moment can fit in. Chip and Dan Heath, in their book, The Power of Moments, they call this breaking the script, the process of providing an unexpected experience element within an otherwise scripted experience. Doing that gives customers an exciting, memorable moment that they could never have anticipated. So you're going along, it all feels right, and then suddenly something feels a little different. That's the magic of breaking the script. So how do you deliver these script-breaking moments? 
they are, with a few notable exceptions, delivered by humans, your employees, your partners. And this holds true even as more experiences become digital because it just means that the few remaining human-delivered moments have even more room to stand out. The reason that human-delivered experiences have this magic is that humans have autonomy and humanity to break the script. And human interactions evoke stronger emotional reactions, both good and bad, than do digital interactions. So it's a human that can surprise, and it's a human that can make a really emotionally memorable moment for your customer. But how do you create one-off moments at scale? On the face of things, that sounds like a contradiction, right? But it's doable. One of my favorite examples of this comes from hotel chain Hampton Inn. They created an employee training program called Moment Makers. The idea was to prepare employees to recognize one of five moments. Things like humor and empathy or unexpected delight. The idea was these were moments where those employees could deliver a great, memorable experience to the customers. In this way, the hotel chain created the conditions where memorable moments were more likely to be created. This is the exact right way to think about serendipity. It cannot be planned. It's serendipity. It cannot be guaranteed. It can only be made more likely to happen. So Hampton got the balance just right. Southwest Airlines is another great example. Their flight attendants are known for funny flight safety announcements. They don't all do it, and they certainly don't all do it the same way, but passengers know to expect it, and know to expect the unexpected, and they love it. According to The Power of Moments, when loyal customers were on a flight with a funny flight safety announcement, they flew more over the next year. If Southwest could double the number of customers hearing a funny flight safety announcement, the result would be more than $140 million in revenue. So remember, building anticipation for a great experience doesn't set an impossibly high bar. It just helps customers have a more pleasant anticipation experience. From there, rely on your employees to deliver surprise and delight moments that add that extra little element that customers are likely to remember. Thanks for listening to the CX Patterns Podcast. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see the newsletter that accompanies each podcast episode and contains all of the details and links that support the information shared during this episode. The newsletter is also a great way to share this episode with somebody else. Feedback? This is a podcast about customer experience, so you know I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn and share your questions, comments, and thoughts. If you want to support the podcast, share it with someone, rate it, review it, all the usual stuff. Thanks to my colleague, Emily Tolmer, for creating the CX Patterns logo, and to my friends, Moon Island, for the music. That's all for now. I'll be back in two weeks with another customer experience pattern. Until then.